0: Welcome to Bella in Your Business. The Best of Bella. My name is Bella Vasta, your host, and today we are going to be replaying episode 116 as part of the Best of Bella series. Today's guest is going to be Jen Herman. She literally wrote the book, Instagram for Dummies, and she is incredibly impactful. She talks fast, she drops lots of value bombs, and you are sure to learn stuff from her. Instagram is like Facebook's sister, and Instagram is something that has worked very well for a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers. In fact, after we recorded this, I actually created a webinar for pet sitters. If you go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash Instagram, you can get your own free class on it there. Jen Herman is a wealth of knowledge. She is Definitely the leading expert in Instagram, and I'm so excited to bring her to you. She's not just some other person who is regurgitating old information, she is on the pulse of all the changes of Instagram strategy with Instagram and how you can really use it in your business. I have news for you Instagram, I believe, is actually even easier than Facebook, provided that you can wrap your head around it and have a strategy. So, without further ado, this is Jen Herman with a replay of episode 116. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready, Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Basta from Jump Consulting, and today we're talking everything Instagram. So if you've been wondering about why you should be on Instagram, how you should be on Instagram, what to post on Instagram, or just how to actually use it for your business. Today is your day. Today, I've got my awesome friend, Jen Herman with me, and she is just an Instagram expert. I mean, honestly, you guys, if you wanted to know anything about Instagram, Jen is your girl. She is a go-to expert in so many different social circles. I am so excited to have her here. And it's off the coattails of her actually coming and being our expert in the Jump Mastermind. And she just. We had fangirls over her. She's so fun and I'm so excited to have you here. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back with you again and to this group this time. I'm so excited. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you give us a quick background of who you are, how you became this, I'm going to call you the Instagram queen and let us know, you know, for those of you who might not know you yet. Perfect. Yeah. So I will take the
1: title Instagram queen. I will not bestow it upon myself, but I will gladly wear the tiara <laughs> with pride. But yeah, so I'm Jen Herman. It's Jen with two N's. I was born in 1980 with a bazillion of a Jennifer. So I've always been Jen with two N's as some way to differentiate myself. And I started a blog about five and a half years ago, which was based on social media. And six months into that, I decided to figure out how Instagram worked and I fell in love with it as a platform, but nobody was really teaching it from a marketing perspective. So I just started sharing things on my blog and building up all these tests and theories and trying things and and blogging about it. And at the time I was writing three blog posts a week. So one of them a week was dedicated to Instagram. So I was creating a lot of content. And in a matter of about six months, I was starting to get invited to do interviews and podcasts and speaking gigs and everything because I became the person everyone turned to for Instagram content, especially in a blogging format. And it's just continued to evolve from there. I love Instagram. I love the community. I love the platform. I love photography. So for me, it's a great environment, but I really love seeing businesses be successful with it because it's not a traditional marketing platform. It's not the Facebooks and the Twitters and the LinkedIn where you're dropping links and you're kind of just blasting information. So people have to be creative and strategic and unique, and it's a really fun platform in that way. So, I love helping businesses figure out that aspect of it and seeing that success.
0: That's so cool because you're not just like teaching tactical, you're actually psychologically like, okay, this is how we can work it and create a strategy, right? Because anything in our businesses, we have to have a strategy or a plan for it. Otherwise, we're just shooting darts in the air, right? So, exactly. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a perspective? You'll be much better at this than I ever will be. Instagram's just exploding right now. And I know that you have these predictions, like when they reach their newest milestones and stuff, but tell us about the growth of Instagram and how anyone out there listening that might be like, well, my clients aren't on Instagram. Can you break it down for us? I can totally break it down. And that's
1: my favorite excuse that people have is my clients on Instagram. And to that, I say BS because (laughs) they are. I don't care who your client is. They are on Instagram. They may not be as active on Instagram as they are maybe on another platform, but they are there. And I live by the mantra that any business can use Instagram. That doesn't mean every business should. It may not be perfect for your business, but I promise you your audience is there. So they just cracked a billion monthly active users about a month and a half, maybe two months ago now. But if you don't count YouTube, because there's debate whether YouTube's a social media platform. So if you Uh don't count YouTube, Instagram is number two, only behind their parent Facebook. And they blow everybody else out of the water. Like they're so far ahead of everybody in terms of usage. And if you look at demographics, you know, everyone's like, Oh, Instagram's for millennials. Well, first of all, millennials are in their, you know, that's the mid thirty range is the top, you know, even late thirties now is the top range of millennials. So yeah. those aren't the kids in high school and college. Right. They're career professionals. They're the people they're who are on the screen <laughs> talking to. <laughs> they're you know, they're people who are buying homes and buying cars and doing all these, you know, big career changes and stuff. So And changing
0: from having pets as their only kids to actually having, having children. Exactly.
1: You know? And there's mm-hmm. that demographic, and that's just the millennials the Gen X kids and then there's the, you know, even the baby boomers, you're getting the fifty and sixty year olds on Instagram. So you can't look at me and say your audience isn't there. Demographically I can prove and I can show statistics. There's tons of things out there that actually show statistically. There are more people over the age of 45 using Instagram than are using Twitter. So if you can tell me your audience is on Twitter, I can prove to you that they're on Instagram. So you definitely can find a place to interact with people and you just have to figure out how they're using the platform. Why are they on Instagram? And then you can find ways to craft that strategy to meet that need that they're on there looking for.
0: So let's go into, you said how they're using the platform. And I know that we can get you and I geek out over like, oh my gosh, (laughs) we can do this on stories. Oh my gosh, we can do this. I would almost venture to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Instagram is a little bit more voyeuristic where you can just keep watching what people are doing. You don't necessarily have to participate, but you can just watch and consume in an even faster way than you could on Facebook, right? So tell me the different ways that a consumer would use it. And then we're going to talk about ways that you could use it as a business to complement that. So
1: as the consumer, you're audience and and your customers and how they're interacting with content, there's multiple areas. And then this is one of the challenges as Instagram grows is now there's like five sides of Instagram. It's getting out of control. But the primary is the feed, the normal home feed on Instagram where you can do photos and videos, or you can do carousels, which are the albums type where you can put up to 10 photos or videos in one post and you can swipe through. So people are scrolling and they're scrolling and they're double tapping to like. So it's like you said, it's a very fast moving platform. I always say it's the visual version of Twitter. So where people scroll rapidly through Twitter, this is the same thing, but it's visual instead of text-based content. And it is, it's a very fast, rapid moving type platform. Then there's Instagram stories. And those are the things, the big bubbles across the top of the feed, which is the 24 hour content. So those are the raw images. That's the thing that people it's kind of going back to what Instagram was five, six years ago when Instagram used to be raw and instant, hence Instagram. <laughs> uh, and stories are, are a little bit more raw and a little bit more authentic. And I always have people say, Oh, I can be totally by myself and, and I can totally just let my walls down on my Instagram stories, but I would never post that on anything else. And I'm like, and yet they're getting all their brand recognition from their stories. Cause that's where they're being real and authentic. And that's what yeah. people interact with. With. So Instagram as its own has become very curated and very overly processed in a lot of ways. We put these highly edited photos and content, and a lot of strategy and thought goes into it, which is great. And then stories tend to be kind of the raw, the behind the scenes, the, you know, live videos and all these sorts of things that are a little bit more unique to, you know, the branding and the personality. And then speaking of live within stories, there's Instagram live, which again lives on for 24 hours. And then it disappears if you save it after you end broadcast. So you can go live and share with your audience that way. Like I do a podcast style live video every two weeks. So those are kind of the two dominant areas, but then there's direct messages built in there. So people are sending direct messages, which now has live video chat built into it. So you can actually, just like you would do a live video on Messenger or Skype or Zoom or whatever it is, you can do live video chat within Instagram. So you can be using that for talking to your friends, you know, doing customer service. So right there are three ways that you know Instagram's connecting with people. And now they've right. launched IGTV, which is a whole separate channel of different yeah. content. So it's constantly exploding and consumers are really having to find their niche. And that's something you have to learn from your audience is where are they? Because I don't create a lot of Instagram stories. I create more regular content and that's where I've built my audience. And stories work for me, but I get different people interacting with stories than I get with my regular content. And so I have to determine what message goes where. So that's, you really do have to realize people interact differently on those different components on Instagram and where is your audience and why are they using that in order to figure out what kind of content to create.
0: That is fascinating and mind blowing, but simple all at once. (laughs) Um, Good. Mission accomplished. (laughs) No, like for real, like I love the way that you're kind of presenting all of it and how would one figure out how their audience consumes Instagram? So how would I know if my audience is more into my stories or they're more into my pictures or they're more into my IG live or they're more into my direct messages? Like how does one figure that out? A lot of it's going to come down to testing. You know, Uh you kind
1: of have to get started somewhere and most people start out on Instagram as regular content And then tell people, hey, we're going to start using stories more. Make sure you follow us there and look and see where is your engagement? Where is your viewership? Where are people dropping off? Where are people coming from? Are people finding you from hashtags more in your stories or more in your posts? And all of this, you can dive into analytics when you have a business profile.
0: Let's say really quick, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but anytime you say analytics to more than half the population, myself included, you're just like, I just turned off. I'm not listening anymore. But the thing is that I found, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. The Instagram analytics, they keep that stuff simple. This is not like Facebook advertising where you get
1: lost. No, Facebook insights, you have like 387 tabs to navigate through. Like Facebook analytics, I get lost and I'm like, and I'm a, I'm a stats geek. Like I totally nerd out over analytics. Like I think this stuff is really fun and I get lost in Facebook. Instagram analytics are built into the app. They're super easy to use. They're very clear and precise. It literally says this many people came from hashtags. This many people came from your home feed. This many people came from this, like or it will say, you know, here's how many people clicked on your link, or here's how many people clicked on your profile. So yeah. it's very clear. It's to the point, And you can choose the two or three data points that are most relevant to you, whether you're trying to grow your audience, whether you're trying to interact with people, whether you're trying to drive traffic to your website, whatever your intention is, you can pick two or three metrics to look at and just focus on those. And then when you get comfortable with that level of analytics, you can start looking at more pieces of information. But Instagram, for as complicated as we can make it is a very basic platform. It's not complicated like LinkedIn and Facebook. So you don't have to worry about those analytics and the freak out of now I have to start managing all these, you know, data points and graphs and charts and everything. Instagram is super simple, you guys.
0: I know so many pet sitters and dog walkers killing it on Instagram. And I would almost even venture to say that if you do feel like you're overwhelmed, you don't have a lot of time. Instagram might actually be the easiest platform for you because it's not like Facebook where we're trying to engage. And I mean, we are engaging on Instagram, right? But in a different way, in a lot easier way most of our listeners are dog walkers and pet sitters right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've got like a 10, 15, maybe 20 mile radius of people in the world that we care about. So what are some tactics that we can do on Instagram to attract those local people, the people that we really want to not only build our own following, but to find other maybe micro influencers in our communities Mm -hmm. to follow as well. So one thing you're definitely going to do is use Instagram stories. And again,
1: it's raw and it's fun. And you can use boomerangs, which are those quick little back and forth videos and show the dog walking or jumping into a pool or like have all these like fun little interactive videos that take what you, you a like all of-
0: on a dog jumping into a pool. would be hilarious. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. Do the <laughs>
1: rewind one. Like how fun would that be? Right. Oh so gosh. there's all these cute little fun things that you do every day and they take 10 seconds to film on your camera, on your phone. Literally. Like it's super easy to do but then you wanna use the location tag. So tag as small of an area as you possibly can, meaning if you are literally at the local park, tag that park location in your story. If you're at City Hall, tag City Hall. Tag as small of a location as possible because what happens is if you tag City Hall, you have a chance of showing up in the City Hall location search on Instagram, but you will also show up in maybe the county search or
0: that neighborhood search or the city search. So the smaller so instead you- of tagging the city I might city. be in, if I can yeah. actually tag the physical locale that I am standing in, it's more advantageous because you could come up in more that makes sense.
1: Yes. If you that tag the hurt. big
0: one, you're not gonna come up in a smaller
1: one. If you tag a big one, you have nowhere to go. So if you the go smaller little, you can get- go big. And Instagram knows this. Instagram knows where that location is. And I've done this where I tagged, I was at my university, my alma mater teaching a couple months ago. And I tagged the actual university location. And I showed up at the university location tag. I showed up in the Torrey Pines location tag. And I showed up in the San Diego location tag. San Diego is massive. And I tagged one tiny little pin on a little tiny street. And I showed up in San Diego. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for that kind of visibility if you tag a very central location to where you specifically are. And you can do that all around the city. Like if you are walking dogs within a 15 mile radius, you're passing parks and you're passing libraries and you're passing buildings and restaurants and stores and all these communities where you can tag that location and have potential for growth. So that's going to get you onto new people's radar who are looking for things in that area. You also want to use hashtags. So you're going to use all the local hashtags. So if you live in a specific city, there's hashtags related to that city. There may even be a hashtag dogs of blank, whatever your city yeah. is like yeah. dogs to San Diego, right. use that hashtag in your story. That again, you have the chance to show up and that the locations and, and tags go for regular content as well. The stories just have a better chance of showing up in location searches. Yeah. Your regular content won't necessarily have that same exposure in a location search, but hashtags on your regular content, you can use up to 30. So use as many of those local hashtags, the theme relevant hashtags, like if it's, you know, July 4th type thing going on, tag things that are related to your July 4th community events, especially if there's things going on at the dog park or here in San Diego, we have the dog surfing contests and all these sorts of things like start using those hashtags that are related. And likewise, go find those hashtags and follow them. You can actually follow hashtags. So that content shows up in your regular feed. And what happens is then you go through and like that content. And now people, you show up in somebody's notifications and they're like, Hey, who's this random person who just liked my post? They go over and look at your profile and go, Oh, well, she's the dog walker. (laughs) <laughs> well, I need one of those. And all of a sudden they're following you and you have the chance to connect with that person and you didn't harass them. You didn't cold call them. You didn't bug them. You just liked their photo because it showed up in your feed and now you have a potential client. So hashtags and location tags for that kind of business are going to be paramount to your success on Instagram.
0: Okay. So could we say that it would be a good rule of thumb to never post anything without having a location tag on it? Or local hashtags? I mean, essentially, yes. There might be certain
1: situations where you don't want to tag things in your Instagram stories. If you're doing a three, four, five, post type story where you have no. multiple things. You may not want to put a tag on every one, yeah. but yes, there should always be some sort of tagging going on in your stories and at least one or multiple of them in your regular content. There should always be hashtags. And if you can tag it geographically, yes, because you have the chance to show up in those location tags. If someone happens to go and say, I'm looking for photos of this dog park, or I'm looking for photos of this local venue or whatever it is, your content's going to show up yeah. in that. So yeah that's a chance, again, to be seen. And it's definitely worth including it. Don't tag your own house. Uh, We don't want people knowing where you live. But tagging public places is definitely a good idea. Again, not necessarily 100% of the time, but the majority of the time
0: for sure. So what about the people that, you know, okay, so I have this beautiful picture, Jen, and I want to put it up. And I know I should be doing hashtags, but I'm just going hashtag dog, hashtag black dog, (laughs) hashtag Scottsdale. Because I don't have the brain capacity to think of 30 freaking hashtags. Do have any strategies for people who just, you know, like myself, who can't sit there and think about all of that. And to be completely honest, I'm one of those people too. Like I use my same 12 to 20 hashtags
1: and I'm like, I don't even think outside that box. Like I've got my list and that's all I use. Cause I just, yes. I have the time. I just don't bother with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to get, you know, like complacent with, well, this is a hashtag and you don't think necessarily outside the box. So First and foremost, I go old school, just go into Instagram and go to the search tab and then start typing in a hashtag. So start typing in Scottsdale and see what comes up. It'll show you related things that have the word Scottsdale. And all of a sudden you'll see, you know, Scottsdale weekend, or it'll be like Scottsdale entertainment or Scottsdale dogs or dogs of Scottsdale, or whatever it is. It starts to show you related hashtags and then you can tap on any one of those. And then it actually within that hashtag search, shows you related hashtags to that one. So let's say you happen to find hashtag dogs of San Diego. It's going to recommend hashtag dogs of La Jolla, hashtag San Diego dog show. Like all of a sudden it's going to start showing relevant ones that I go, I didn't even know that was a hashtag. <laughs> so now you can find those and then put them in a list on your phone. So that way this you, is have really them- important,
0: you guys, I want you to repeat, explain this. So we get out like a notepad on our phone, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Open whatever notepad feature you have, you know, whether it's a notes or whatever external app you have installed on your phone and go in there and you want to set up a variety of hashtag lists. So you want one specifically for geographical hashtags for location-based things. Then you want one that's going to be specifically for kind of your branding and your business niche type things. So those are going to be all the dog related ones or, and you notice how we haven't said anything about dog walking. Like I've never used the hashtag dog walking in this conversation because no one's looking for dog walking.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's not, that's Talk what to you're us doing. About this. Talk to us about this. Talk to us about the psychology behind what we think we want people to know and what they actually want to know. Yes. So that's the thing. That's like a you point. have to think as your clients and
1: what are they doing on Instagram? They're not going on Instagram looking for a dog walker. If they're looking for a dog walker, they went to Google and they're looking up Yelp reviews on dog walkers. They're not yes. looking for a dog walker on Instagram, but they're looking for dog parks. They're looking for dog events. They're looking for dog friends restaurants. They're looking for things to do with their dogs. And you have to get in that mindset and say, what hashtags are they looking for that I can participate in that are relevant to what you do that will allow your content to show up where they are looking. So again, don't use hashtag dog walking because that's going to be a whole bunch of your competition
0: it's not going to so be it, your client at the same time if we kind of reverse engineer what you're saying if i saw my company right now i could go find all the dog friendly restaurants all the dog parks in my area all the i don't know uh, dog fairs or something and go see who's used those hashtags or around them. Go see Mm -hmm. who's followed maybe Oso Brewery, which allows dogs and has all this cool dog stuff. You can Mm -hmm. go to their Instagram feed and find the pictures that have dogs in them that people have tagged. You could go like their profile because most likely they live in Scottsdale and they go and they love their dog enough to take it to a restaurant, right? Yep. This is cyber stalking. I'm just going to call it 100%. It I is. am all down with Instagram. We call all it know we can do it because we've all done it on our axes at some point. <laughs> yeah. So you need to use those skills, ladies and gentlemen, on Instagram. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It I does, and it, it takes yeah. time. Hashtags on the notepad. I used to do that all the time because you're just brain dead after a while, you know? And you'll learn, like, you'll know
1: what your hashtags are. Like once you've gotten into a routine, you'll have your kind of standard ones that you know you're going to use. But when you're getting started or when you find a new one that you're like, oh, that's a really good one that. Maybe your competitors are using it that you didn't think of, or maybe your customers, those people that you're following, maybe they're using hashtags that you wouldn't have thought of because they're out there in the community doing these things. Add Mm -hmm. those to your list so that you don't forget them the next time you want to post, especially if they are related to seasonal things or certain times of the year, because It may be something that's really popular during the summer and you're using it now, but but next summer you're going to forget about and be like, man, what was that hashtag I was using last year? So make sure you keep records of those things and that way you have easy access to pull them up later.
0: One thing that you mentioned in our mastermind group, which I really loved, a lot of us did actually, was kind of like hijacking events. So if someone's (laughs) going to an event, like let's say there's a parade, right? And they're like, oh, here's my cute dog at the parade. Well, clearly they're in our area and they're at the parade. Like this is a really great, fly away to go figure out the dog owners in our city and follow them. And again, they're like, Oh, who liked my post? Who doesn't like to know people liked your post, right? Jen. And that's like your post. You're like, yay validation. (laughs) And
1: that's the thing. You're doing something favorable for them. And this is, it's, Following event hashtags, hobby hashtags. Again, if they have dogs that do certain things, like they're, maybe they're in dog agility classes and there's all these different, you know, maybe dog hiking. Like find these hobbies that these people do and go find that hashtag and literally stock it. And like I said, go in and just like, like you can just scroll, double tap to like all the posts that are in that that are actually dogs. Make sure you're not liking somebody's content that may be trying to hijack it and it's not a good yeah. post. But go in and like you said, what happens is, let's say they shared three photos. From that parade or from that hike or whatever it is. And then, if you liked all three of their photos, you just showed up in their notifications. And most of these people are small personal accounts. So they're going to notice when somebody who's not a friend is liking their content. And they're like, who just liked three of my posts? Yeah. You stand out. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's validation. Like, cool. This person liked my posts. And they get like that little, like, there's ego a boost curiosity that, like, too about it. It's popping. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then they're, they're like, well, who is this person? Cause now they're going to go stalker mode on you Yeah. and they're going to come over. They're <laughs> going to see, that you have a great bio that says you're a dog sitter that you're a dog walker in this area that, you know, you serve this community. They're going to see all your photos. They're going to go look at your stories and they're like, dude, this chick is awesome. Or this guy is so cool. Like I would love for him to walk my dog. Yeah. And next thing you know, if you, especially again, it's the business profile, if you have it set up where you have the call and email buttons set up on your profile, they can literally right then and there, send you an email or call you and you just closed a new client all because you liked a couple posts from the parade. I mean, <laughs> it's really that easy, but it's yeah. really that hard all at the same time. It's all part of a big, long strategy and it has to be consistent and you have to be creating the content. You have to be active. You have to be taking the time to do these things. But if you do, These are the processes that actually drive the results to get you clients. And this is where, and Bella, you know this, like, I don't care about how many followers you have. I don't care if you have 50 followers or 50,000 followers. I don't care. I care about who is going to come find you and bring you business. Yeah. And if you're doing this well, even if you only have 250 followers, it doesn't matter. You don't need 5,000 because you can't walk 5,000 dogs. You don't have that many legs. (laughs) So don't worry about it. Take the few (laughs) followers you have, build an amazing community and find these strategic ways to get more customers to find you with actual good content and then strategic efforts through hashtags and stories and location tags and stocking events and all these sorts of things combined. That's how you get clients. That's how you make money. And then we're all happy.
0: Gosh, there's just so much goodness that you just said in all of that. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm like, I should ask her about, no, uh, then there was, oh, (laughs) so you just touched on base. And I think a lot of our listeners might actually hit the rewind button a little bit because this is not a podcast that you want to be listening to at the 1.5 speed because both Jen and I talk fast to begin with. I know. I'm i always really like, funny. you going to slow us down. Like I talk too fast. <laughs> yeah, so you just gave some really awesome tips about what should be in their profile, the calls to action to make it really easy for people to do it where to find people, how to get on other people's radar without being creepy. You talked about, it doesn't matter the quantity, but the quality of it. I know a prevalent question in everyone's mind is, well, how often should I post? And I don't want to (laughs) like blast the newsfeed, but Instagram's taking care of that for us, right?
1: Yeah. So the algorithm sorts content. And and really, I always tell people there's no magic number for posting. Like I live on Instagram and I haven't posted in two weeks not going to lie. Like Uh I, I've been traveling. I've been moving. I've had a little bit going on in my life and I'm not going to waste a post. I'm going to make sure when I put it out there, it's a quality post. I actually want to share. Yeah. So I would rather not post than post something crappy. Uh So you're better off posting less content. Don't worry about posting every single day. Don't worry about posting multiple times a day. That's only going to overwhelm you and stress you out. If you're posting once a week, that's okay. If you have enough content to do two or three times a week, Great. Do that. Do what you can manage within your constraints because you're running a full-time job. You probably have, you know, family and your other commitments and you have a million things going on. We all do as entrepreneurs and families and everything else. You don't have time to create endless pieces of content. So use some stories to mix in those quick little random things throughout the day and keep your content fresh and active. Post when it's convenient to you a couple times a week is fine, you guys. And if you can't even manage that, just be consistent. Try to do once a week as consistency. And just, if you're there and you're regularly showing up and people interacting with your content, it will provide the results in the long run.
0: It's almost better, I would say to give than receive on this kind of thing, right? It's almost better that you are scrolling through on it. You are, I mean, come on, like, let's be real. A lot of us don't go to the bathroom without our phones anymore. And what do we do? We scroll on some sort of social media. And And it's just, I always tell people all the time, I'm like, you're in Starbucks for three minutes waiting for your
1: coffee. You have time to scroll through Instagram. Like, absolutely. you know, the pickup line to pick up your kid, you have time to put something up on Instagram. Like there is time in your day to do it. And this doesn't take a lot of time. Like you said, just scroll, like before you go to bed, scroll through and like 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 posts. Like you were there, you were active. And on that note, Instagram rewards you with reach when you are more active on the platform. So when yeah. you do post, you will get better reach on your profile. More people will see your post. If you're more active with other people's content, if you're that whole, like givers it- get, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cause Instagram's like, well, if you're hanging out, we're going to reward you. But if you post and leave, like you obviously don't care about anybody else. So why yeah. should they care about you? And they will punish you for yeah. it. Yeah. So you do like, it's better. Like you said, just find those couple extra minutes a day, scroll through, throw up some double taps. And then, you know, when you post, you get rewarded and don't worry about the posting schedule. Just try to be consistent to some level that's comfortable for you.
0: Yeah. Gosh, Jen, I could talk to you forever. The very (laughs) last thing I just want to have your feedback or your comments on in our realm of dog walkers and pet sitters, right? The biggest thing with us is like trust. Like, can I trust someone, right? So explain to me why it would be advantageous to have a kick butt Instagram feed, you know, that someone could go check out. And so that they can really get that 360 degree view and that warm and fuzzy feeling. How can Instagram help us give them that feeling that like, okay, I really do want to hire them. This isn't the same industry, but this is a great
1: example that relates to that. I have a friend here in San Diego. He's actually an immigration lawyer. So not exactly something that, you know, you, again, you kind of want to trust the person who's handling your immigration paperwork. Like yeah. you want to know this lawyer's legit, that they're actually going to make sure everything's taken care of. And he had a great business. He started using Instagram and Facebook. To connect with people and show the behind the scenes, show his face, show his family, show the employees, show what they do on the weekends, show what they're doing within the office. And his business went through the roof because it enabled this trust factor where people were like, Well, now I know who's filing my paperwork. It's Lucy over here in the desk over on the side of the building. Like they literally knew who everybody was. And as a dog walker, it's the same thing. Or dog sitter or dog groomer. These are people who are coming into your home when you're not there. Like there's a huge trust factor. And so don't post just photos of the dogs or the pets. Your photos need to be there. You need to be in the videos. You need to be talking. They need to hear your voice. Because let's face it, we all have our quirks and mannerisms. And I know my hands flail and I go kind of all ghetto, Hey, mama got time. (laughs) But that like I drop these things and all my and that's who I am. Like that's okay, but people know that. And that builds trust. So when you share that personality, no, you are not going to attract everybody. And yes, you will turn some people away from you. But guess what? You don't want them as a client, anyways. Yeah. When you show yeah. your personality, the people who will love you and trust you will come flocking to you. Yes. And they will trust you. And they won't go through, you know, nine weeks of probation and all this, you know, standing around waiting while you watch their dog to make sure you don't, you know, do anything that they don't want you to do. Like they're gonna be much more open and they're gonna be much more willing to let you into their house and they'll be much more likely to hire you as their, you know, vendor over somebody who they don't know because now they have this trust factor with you. And it could be one of those things where people start to connect with you now because you have a fun feed and you have this, you know, fun little anecdotes and educational tips and all these fun things you're putting out there. And they may not need a dog walker right now, but guess yeah. what? In six months when the kids, you know, are grown up, maybe they do
0: need one or yeah. maybe, you know, they end up taking they're on fed, a new they're pet. Their neighbor and they're, and they're like, I know this person. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, so just because they don't hire you now doesn't mean they won't hire you down the road. So, yeah definitely use Instagram, show your personality, embrace who you are, flaws and all embrace what you do. If there's something unique that you do, do you always leave a little love note? You know, when you leave, you know, leave that, like show that that's part of your trend of how you interact with your clients, let them get to know that. And you will have way better success landing new clients.
0: Fantastic. Oh my gosh, Jen, how can people stalk you now? (laughs) <laughs> yes, please stalk me. I love news stalkers.
1: So I am pretty much everywhere, like I said, as Jen's Trends on Instagram at Jen's, J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. Jenstrends.com is my website. You can get everything you need there. I've got links to all my sites. I'm up on YouTube. I've got videos up there. My blog is full of written content. So you can pretty much find me anywhere by Googling Jen's Trends or go to any platform and look for Jen's Trends. You will find my smiling, shiny face uh, to greet you. And please come say hi. Tell me you heard me here. I would love to know that you came from here. And if you got a great takeaway, let me know. Because we talk fast and a lot. And sometimes I forget the things I say. So please (laughs) remind me. What was your aha moment? It makes me feel like I actually did something good for the day.
0: (laughs) I love that so much, Jen. Thank you so much. And you guys, you also can go on Amazon and go get Instagram for Business for Dummies that Jen actually just produced as well. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. And that came out in
1: January of 2018. So it's actually relatively relevant. There have been numerous changes since publication, but the concepts and strategies in there. We go into tons of detail on contests and hashtags and everything. And all of that is still 100% accurate
0: amazing amazing thank you so much for your time it was honestly just such a pleasure I love the chemistry we have when we're together like this it's fun
1: I know we can do this
0: uh, like all night like I can go look out world anyways right? <laughs> guys listen if you loved this podcast like Jen said go ahead and reach out to us let us know that you liked it tell us your biggest takeaway and remember when life gets you down always keep jumping thanks for jumping with Bella in your business For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoe.